Coaching, especially executive coaching, is one of the fastest growing industries on the planet. And for good reason. Leaders create better results for their organizations and their people when they lead with more awareness, focus, and intention. But not all coaches and coaching programs are created equally. I'm Kim Addis, the founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and the journal that talks back. And I've created this podcast mini series to give you a deep dive into everything executive coaching. What is it? Why do we need it? How do we find it? And how to get the most from it? Join me along with my collaborator, Kristen Maneri, as we connect the dots between executive coaching and the extraordinary results that are possible with a great coach. Let's jump in. All right, so Kim, we're going to be doing these eight episodes together on everything executive coaching. And I thought before we really jumped into things like defining what is coaching and why it matters, I thought it really made sense for you to start off by just sharing why do this mini series? Like, why are we here to talk about this thing that you're so passionate about? Well, first of all, I'm really excited that I'm doing this with you. So thank you for doing this with me. But to answer your question, I think that to a great extent, many, many people misunderstand the concept of executive coaching. A lot of people think that coaching is to repair a problem. And I want to address that for starters. Coaching is not necessarily to repair a problem. Coaching is, especially executive coaching, is specifically for highly driven individuals. And these are people who have already reached amazing goals and who are typically high achievers and typically well-respected in their fields. And it's designed to help these people move ahead, move forward. And by move ahead and move forward, does that mean make more money? Sometimes yes. Does that mean, you know, get a higher position on the corporate ladder? Sometimes yes. But that's not the primary goal. I would say that that is the aftermath or that is the gravy, the benefit. Really, the purpose of executive coaching is to work with one of these highly driven individuals and help them maximize their potential. And that might mean bringing them to a happier place in their home, in their families. It might mean giving them a boost in their leadership skills. It might mean helping them address something that's frustrating personally or professionally. It might mean helping them to strategically think about how to increase the performance of the team. Any one of these things and probably a hundred other things are appropriate. But the idea behind executive coaching is to work with an individual who wants more, who wants to grow, who wants to move ahead, who says, I'm in this lifetime once in this body anyway, I'm in this lifetime once, and I really, really want to make the most out of my life. How do I do that? And oftentimes, executives think that they could do it alone, but they accelerate at a higher speed, at a faster speed when they work with an executive coach. So executive coaching isn't designed for reprimand, right? Executive coaching is designed for expression or moving ahead and accelerating, getting to a place where one really wants to be. And I wanted to talk about that because I think that a lot of times people approach me, they come to me, they say, hey, can you help me? I have an employee who's really struggling. 
And I'm happy to help employees who are struggling. Find me one person who isn't struggling at one point in in time or another. We all struggle. Why? Because we're human. But coaching is designed for serious support, not for reprimand, not for repair, but for taking the good stuff out of a person and really allowing it to thrive. I'm really glad you made that distinction because I remember watching this TED Talk a few months ago about why we need coaches, like why coaching matters. And what the speaker really identified is that high achievers plateau and not because they're lazy or because of apathy, but because actually that's what the brain is designed to do. Once it puts a lot of resources and effort and energy into figuring something out, which, you know, what we're doing when we're achieving and succeeding, it goes, okay, we got this. And we kind of go on autopilot. Can you talk a little bit about the people that you work with and that sense of like, I feel like there's more, but I don't know how to get there. There feels like there's a ceiling on me that I I can't seem to maneuver around. Yeah. So, I mean, we work with people who have a bunch of things in common and I will describe them for starters. And then I'll describe where they tend to struggle. Okay. So who do we work with? As I mentioned before, we work with the highly driven population. Typically, they are entrepreneurs who run sizable businesses. They're executives in massive companies. Sometimes it's the CEO or the C-suite of those companies and certainly the senior leadership team. And we often work with what we would call visionaries, whether they're in corporate companies or running their own businesses. It doesn't really matter. These are people at the forefront of their businesses. They have great ideas. And they want to pursue those ideas. So those are the people we work with. What do they have in common? They have big goals that they want to achieve. They are people who want to make an impact in the world. They want to leave their mark. They want to make a difference. They want to touch the world in some kind of special way. They also want all the good stuff in life, right? They want to have a great income. They want to travel. They want to live in a nice home. They want to eat the good food and they want to drink the great wine and they want to have wonderful friendships and great relationships and a wonderful family and great abs. They really want great great (laughs) abs, right? And last but not least is these are the people who are frustrated with something. Mm. They're frustrated because when they look at themselves, they think I should be somewhere else. I should be further ahead. I should be doing something else. Like there's something frustrating me. And sometimes they look at that frustration and they think something's wrong with me. And sometimes they look at that frustration and they say something's wrong with everybody else, but they're frustrated. And so let's look at where they struggle. They struggle in four key areas. Number one is a lot of these leaders feel isolated, right? They feel like, Yes, they work hard, but the burden of responsibility is on their shoulders alone. And while they have people to delegate some of that responsibility to, at the end of the day, the buck stops here and they feel that heaviness. They feel like they're in it alone. And they often feel like there's no one else to to talk to about it, right? They're very independently minded, but that means that they suffer in silence a lot of the times. The second thing is that these are people who feel a sense of friction with others a lot of the time. And sometimes that friction is obvious. Like if I'm mad at you, Kristen, I raise my voice and I furrow my brow and you can tell that I'm mad. But sometimes you can't tell because I hold it in Mm. and I seethe on the inside. And I find that a lot of leaders experience that frustration with others. Why? They feel that others don't get it. Other people don't move as fast. Other people don't have the same sense of urgency. Other people don't work as hard. Other people, 
right, are on another playing field and they feel this difficulty in relating with others. And they also feel to a great extent misunderstood. And so there's this friction that they experience. And sometimes, as I said, that friction is expressed, but a lot of times it isn't. It's held inside. Number three is that these leaders have a sense of chronic dissatisfaction. Yes, they achieve a whole bunch of things, but then they look at themselves and they say, okay, that was good, but what's next, right? What's ahead of me? And how do I get there? And why is it taking so long? Why is it so hard? And why aren't people helping me? And why aren't people rowing in the same direction? Is something wrong with me? Is my leadership at fault? And on and on and on. And they have this chatter that goes on in their brain nonstop that says, I should be further ahead. I should be somewhere else. And sometimes these leaders are at the late stage of their careers and they look and they say, okay, I've done all this. It's been great. But now what? What am I left with at the end of the day? I'm thinking about retirement. That's scary. I'm just going to sit there and do nothing. I can't do that. I'm going to go crazy. And right, so they are always thinking about what's the next move for them and this feeling of being ill at ease with how to get from where they are to where they want to be. And last but not least, it's a term I invented. It's called slippage. Mm. So what is slippage? It's when these leaders, these highly driven individuals let very important things slip through the cracks. What do I mean by that? Their health their nutrition, their sleep, their fun, right? All of these things are on the back burner. And what do they do? They're burning the midnight oil. They're working way more than eight hours a day. They're unable to be attentive and to be present wherever they are. They always have something going on in the back of their heads. And they always decide that something else is a priority, not themselves. And so what happens is that as time goes on, this gap widens right? And they get tired and they get out of shape and they get achy and, you know, they don't feel great. And at some point they say, hold on a minute, I'm giving my whole entire heart, soul to this work that I'm doing, but I'm fading in the process. I'm getting lost. Mm -hmm. And so these are the four areas where these people tend to struggle. Well, I'm listening to you share about those isolation, friction, dissatisfaction, and slippage and thinking, gosh, I bet you a lot of people come to you with all four. With all four. Yeah. 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 So we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about things like what is coaching, what it isn't, why it matters, coaching versus mentorship, how to find a coach. But I really think, I really want to hear in your own words, you define what is coaching and specifically what is executive coaching so that we have this like real groundwork, this real framework for how we're going, going forward into the rest of these seven episodes. So how do you define it? I don't have a fancy one liner to give you. (laughs) Okay. So I don't have that. But what is coaching? Coaching is a relationship between two people. Okay. So if you are the executive that it needs or is asking, looking for coaching. It's a relationship between the coach and that executive or that leader, that business owner, whoever. It's a relationship. And the relationship is designed to do some deep exploration. What is that deep exploration about? It's about understanding one critical relationship, the relationship between that leader's thinking and the outcomes they're getting. And once that exploration happens, we start to understand how that person is wired, how that person sees the world, how that person operates, how that person makes progress, but also 
how some of their thinking patterns, some of their beliefs prevent them from moving forward. So what is coaching, executive coaching? It's really an extraordinary relationship that's designed to safely do this exploration for the purpose of moving forward a great distance. And why is this relationship in place? Because this kind of exploration is difficult to do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was actually my follow-up question is like, why can't we just do this ourselves? If really what we're exploring is the relationship I have with my mind and my thoughts, well, I'm in there. Can't I just do this on my own? We would hope so, right? We, that would be amazing. The problem is that each one of us, including me, we all have blind spots. Yeah. And it's hard for us to see and understand and capture that relationship between our thoughts and our outcomes because our thoughts are happening so fast and it's such a volume. We can't slow it down and distill it and identify which thoughts we should really be paying attention to. But when you're working with a coach who knows what to look for, who knows where to slow down at the right places, who knows what to hone in on, now suddenly things become a lot clearer. It is hard to do this by yourself. Yeah, and I'll say that your and your team's very specific model of coaching and the tools that you use for coaching that are designed to really hone in on the thinking conscious and unconscious, the thoughts that we willingly have and mostly all the ones that we unwillingly have is a secret sauce that that you apply to coaching that is that is distinct and special and, and uncommon. I'll say that for sure. Yeah. So the goal is to help bring this radical amount of self-awareness to the leader mm -hmm. because the leader's smart, right? The, these highly driven individuals are intelligent. They are go-getters. They are action takers, but they have a blind spot. So the idea is to shed light on that blind spot so that they can see what's really in front of them and then make decisions from there. Yeah. And circling back to that question that I was asking you about, about plateaus, this idea that we have a, a ceiling that we bump up against and can't figure out why can't I get better? Why can't I seem to get around this? Why do I seem to always have the same problems? It's the blind spots, I would say, right? It's the blind That's spots. The thing we're bumping up against. Yeah. And I like to call them beliefs, mm -hmm. right? We have a set of beliefs and some of our beliefs have been useful for us. They've taken us to a certain point, but those beliefs don't necessarily work. They're not necessarily useful to get us to the next point. So good. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because being able to isolate just the definitions of coaching and your specific approach to coaching, it's just that greater understanding is going to give people just such a better foundation and access point for what's possible for them in coaching. Well, I love this conversation because, yeah. you know, I mean, we coach people all day long, we talk about coaching, but we never have a philosophical conversation yeah. about coaching to say like, what is this really about? Yeah, What's required in order to help a person move forward? What are the critical pieces? And specifically me, how do I think about coaching in a way that I think is a little bit different, a little bit unusual? And why have I put some of these pieces in place to help people move forward at such a rapid pace? Mm, I love it. So we're going to get into why coaching matters in the next episode, but this is great. It's great to be with you. I'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Everything Executive Coaching. 
For any resources or tools we spoke about in this episode, remember you can head to frameofmindcoaching.com forward slash resources, or you can click on the links in the episode show notes. Thanks for being here.